This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments and the Voice of the Shepherd with a Franciscan Moment on Mater Dei Radio. Well, how important is your name? We learn from the Gospels that Jesus calls his apostles by name. Our name identifies us. It provides our identity and even reveals our family history. But what power can we discover in the name of Jesus? We read in the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bend in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth. And God has revealed to us how important his name is, that one of the Ten Commandments is you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Well, with me today to discuss the holy name of Jesus through the lens of the Franciscan spirituality is Father Fr- Father Dan Petit, our Franciscan friar. Uh, good morning, Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. It's great to have you with us today, Father. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you, and uh, it's a great way to bring in the new year to reflect on the holy name of Jesus. Wow. I, you know, as we were talking before we recorded this about discussing this feast day, the holy name of Jesus, I just started looking to see through the centuries just the devotion and really the power, obviously, of the name of Jesus. But it goes back to even sacred scripture when we hear the apostles proclaiming <clears throat> the name of Christ and We have miraculous healings. We have the gift of grace. Um, Maybe start with just how we get associated with this name of Jesus and the power of the name in our own sacred scriptures. Yeah. And uh, well, you know, it's 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 fascinating. The power of the name is illustrated time and time again in scripture, like you mentioned, Dina Marie. And there's that one story in the Acts of the Apostles where that fellow there's a fellow trying to cast out demons And the demons turn on him and say, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is and I know who Peter is, but I don't know who you are. And they start beating him up. You know, it's like (laughs) he wasn't doing it in the name of Christ or the uh, the great apostles. And uh, there is power in the name. The name is a protection. It's a protection. And it's also um, nourishing because it's evocative of the person. When you name the person, it's... um, like if I call a person's name, they'll generally turn to me with attention. And because I've called their name, well, that's what we're doing when we're calling on the name of Jesus. He's he's actually attending to us. He's turning to us. So it, it has evocative power as well of the presence of Christ, which is always uh, can, can be so consoling. Mm-hmm. When we look at that name of Jesus and we think about our prayer life, uh, let's look at the lives of the Franciscan saints. And I know there's a couple particular that are connected with this devotion, really this reverence of the holy name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. The one in particular that put the January 3rd feast day on the map for the Franciscans was St. Bernardine of Siena. Uh, he was born in September of 1380, so late 14th century, and lived to about 1444. And at about the age of 22, he decided to join the Capuchins, who at that time were just forming as a reform of the First Order Franciscans. And uh, they were very devout. And the movement started in the Hermitages. And um, in the history of the Franciscans, provincials in the Franciscan First Order have tended to get nervous whenever the friars go for their hermitages because they can't predict what's going to come out. And in this case, 
Bernadine of Siena came out from his contemplation on fire with the Holy Spirit and just began preaching to throngs of people, sometimes even as many as 30,000 people gathered. And this is before microphones to hear him preach, you know. And of course, one of the things he uh, developed at that time was this real strong devotion to the name of Jesus. And he's the one that eventually put it on the map. So the church declared it to be a feast for the friars. It's beautiful. And you talk about the preaching of the Franciscans and particularly St. Bernadine. Give us a sense, you know, it's hard for us to imagine going back to the 1300s, the 1400s, the time of St. Francis, but preaching and this um, sharing of the gospel was part of the culture in a way that we don't really have it. We have television, we have the internet, we have apps and media, but in their day, it was in discourse. It was in this, um, the public square coming together and having effective preaching like a St. Augustine, you know, was so important to the time. Yeah, it really was. In fact, uh, you know, it's fascinating. You mentioned the public square. If you go to Perugia in Italy, which is right across the way from Assisi, and you look at the side of the cathedral church, there's actually a pulpit they put in for Bernardine of Siena. And it's raised up right there in the side of the basilica so he could stand up there in this pulpit and preach to all these people in the town square. And of course, that was the public square. That's where there was all kinds of things going on. And then all of a sudden, this preacher would show up, Bernadine, he'd start preaching the word of God. And uh, people would start listening and uh, they'd stop their marketing and the merchants would listen and take it in. And he was able to teach them about how to conduct business in a moral fashion, for example, right there in the town square. It was a, a public meeting place for all kinds of activity, including the preaching of the word of God. Right. What can we learn, Father Dan, about his preaching, specifically about this devotion to the name of Jesus, having this real affection uh, and prayer life that's really focused on the name of Jesus? Well, Bernadine, um, one of the things that was developing at the time of Bernadine was what we call, it's very familiar to us, but it had its origins at the time of Francis, and it's what's what we call the merchant or the mercantile economy, which was different than the nobility economy, which you had to be born into wealth to have wealth. In the mercantile economy, especially with cloth merchants, they actually were able to earn their wealth like Francis of Assisi's father did. He became wealthy by earning it. And that's a kind of a new type of market that was beginning to emerge. And by Bernadine of Siena's time, this was getting to be very strong. And so what Bernadine is doing is as this mercantile economy is emerging, he's actually preaching to these merchants right there in their town square where they're conducting business and giving them principles based in the gospel on how to properly conduct themselves in an upright and moral manner in business. And um, and that's the thing about Bernadine's preaching that was so striking to so many people is he really was able to 
touch a nerve and, uh, and begin to instruct people, well, one of the great impacts he had was on the name of Jesus. And some of these merchants had their little um, symbols that they had for their guilds. And Bernadine proposed an alternative symbol that he created. And we're very familiar with it today. It's I-H-S, which in the Greek is the first three letters of Jesus Christ, Savior. And Bernadine created this symbol, I-H-S, for merchants to take as their symbol for how they would conduct business as opposed to the symbols of the various guilds, you know, that were, some of them were kind of pagan in origin. And he was beginning to try to get Christ into their their uh, business practices that way. I think many of us, I can think about vestments that I see some of our priests wearing and they have that IHS symbol. And so we look back, the origins are really with the Franciscan community. Right. They are. Yeah. That that's uh, Bernadine brought that back and he put it with a big sunburst behind the IHS with this big sunburst. But see, what I what I think we tend to do today is we say, well, IHS, Jesus Christ, Savior, that belongs in the church. But see, at this time, it was going out into culture in every aspect of it by way of Bernadine of Siena preaching it as the alternative to uh, these other sort of symbols and ways that people were doing business. It was it, it belonged right there in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. A great reminder, Father Dan, of bringing Christ into the streets, into our world, and particularly where it's the most dark, uh, that we need to bring the light of Christ, and that's through his most holy name. The Feast of the Holy Name of Jesus celebrated now on the church calendar January 3rd in um, in our beautiful Catholic Church. Father, I've got some more questions I want to ask you about the name of Jesus. Can you hold on the line? And I'm coming up to a break, and we can continue our conversation in the next Next half hour. Sure thing. This is Dina Marie, and I'm continuing my Franciscan moment with Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit. Father Dan joins us on a regular basis to really help us see the life of the church through the lens of St. Francis and the Franciscan community. We're getting to see a sense of really this devotion to the holy name of Jesus. And we have this feast day on the 3rd of January dedicated to the holy name of Jesus, thanks to the Franciscans. And the history goes back Mm. to our Franciscan community. And uh, Father Dan, thanks for coming back on the program. We were talking a little bit off air about St. Pope John Paul II. And over time, and and we found this with other feasts and maybe other particular saints, uh, they come on the calendar. There's a liturgical, maybe revised revision, and then they fall off the calendar. Something like that happened to the feast of the holy name of Jesus. And thanks to John Paul II, we got it back. Yes, right. Well, that is, that's right. This this kind of ebbs and flows and uh, it has some interest. And, you know, it's interesting, even the Jesuits and the founding of the Jesuits gave an extra push to IHS because that is also the symbol of the Jesuits is IHS. That's one of their great symbols that they eventually adopted. And um, But even at the time of uh, Pope John Paul II, when he came into office, it had fallen off again, this devotion to the name of Jesus, for a lot of reasons. I think one of them being that you had mentioned, you know, the media and many different voices, uh, even the voice of 
someone like uh, Fulton Sheen on TV was starting to get drowned out. And I think the name of Jesus with uh, also began to get drowned out. And so when John Paul came back in in 78, of course, he had such a devotion to Christ that he saw in various communities things that were necessary to get the church back onto Christ. And devotion to the name of Jesus by Bernadine was one of them. And he tried to reinstate this uh, feast day again. Mm -hmm. Father Dan, if we're trying to really increase our devotional life and particularly that devotion to Jesus Christ, that should continue to grow. You know, what are ways kind of taking this example of St. Bernadine of Siena, taking this idea of a devotion to the holy name of Jesus? How do we practice that in our daily lives? Well, you know, it's interesting um, uh, going way back to the early fathers of the church, the desert fathers, they actually in the desert, you know, talk about a place without social media. I mean, it's just bare. And they actually, in that tradition, developed what is known as the Jesus Prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that would be almost, that would really be like a mantra. And they would repeat that and repeat that and repeat that to the point where the real presence of Christ, by the name and the power of invoking the name, became real to them in their life as they battled with temptation and the devil out in the desert. And I think that's a practice. I know myself, that's how I've developed some devotion to the name of Jesus is by use of the uh, Jesus prayer from the desert fathers in the church. Mm -hmm. And I think about father Dan, just ways in which that devotion, how does that help my spiritual life, my physical, um, emotional life? And also, like you said, fighting off evil, temptations to sin. Really having that devotion to the name of Jesus seems to be able to help us in many different ways to prepare ourselves for heaven. Oh, absolutely. It, it's a welcoming of as I name the name, it's evocative of the person, and the person is happens to be God, the second person of the Trinity. That's the thing that is so beautiful about this particular name, and that makes faith soar, because that's what moves faith, is, is the activity of God. So when I'm naming the name in my soul, even as I'm driving through traffic, I am becoming present to the person whose name I have evoked and who's becoming present to me. It's almost analogous to being in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. I mean, that's the real presence. Well, when I name the name, uh, by analogy, I, I am evoking this, the person uh, of, the, of the son, and he's becoming present to me. And that's that's very, it can be very consoling. It can build up my faith. Uh, it can help me uh, maybe not get so upset in traffic. It can do a lot of things. Right. We're talking with Father Dan Franciscan Friar about the feast day, the holy name of Jesus on our calendar on the 3rd of January. And just recently in the Christmas story, Father Dan, we heard the story of St. Joseph and he's contemplating what is he going to do? He's found Mary pregnant. He's hearing about by the by the power of the Holy Spirit, she's pregnant. But then an angel comes and 
tells him about the name. And of course, the father of the child would give the name. And so Mm -hmm. now God is instructing him, this is the name you're going to give this child, Jesus. I I love this connection with Joseph and the naming of Jesus. Yeah. And of course, as it continues there, because why do you name him Jesus? Because he will save his people. And and uh, Yeshua, of course, means God is salvation. And, and that's what the name of Jesus means is God is our salvation. And it also harkens back, if you recall, to the assistant to Moses. Moses, you recall, didn't lead the people into the promised land. Yahshua did. And see, that's Jesus. Jesus is the one to lead us into the promised land, which in this case isn't an actual physical location in Israel, but the heavens. And we pass over with Yahshua across the River Jordan of baptism into paradise, which is the heavens now. And he's leading us to salvation that way. Right. Father Dan, I was thinking about uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend the heavens on the earth, under the earth, that beautiful scripture, you know, thinking of St. Francis and his love of creation of all the creatures, great and small, you know, how would he really approach um, this name of Jesus and, and what it, the joy and the praise that it should evoke? Well, you know, I, um, I I think back to our conversation at Gretch about Gratio, for example, and how Francis, when he was preaching that night, uh, someone observing him said that every time he named the name of Jesus, it was as though his lips had just tasted like a very sweet candy or a or a delectable delight. Uh, as though, as it says in the psalmist, taste and see that the Lord is good. And there is something uh, in to faith that is so nourished by the name. And of course, Francis was very alive to that and had great devotion to the name as well. Mm, I love it. Well, I think it's yeah. just a great way for us to continue to, to deepen that devotion. Any suggestions you have for us of, you mentioned the Jesus prayer, and I think that's a beautiful right. prayer that we just keep meditating on, especially in hard times, if we're facing something or leaning towards a temptation that that Jesus prayer can really help us. Yeah, that, that it really can. And I think that's one of them that certainly is. Uh, I, I think of the other one, of course, that has just recently come back into our practice, which John Paul brought with them is Jesus, I trust in you. Now that is another way Faustina, St. Faustina with the with the mercy Jesus taught her, you know, this simple little prayer, Jesu ufam tobye, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. That's a way to build faith because you're actually making an act of faith when you say that. Mm. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you. I trust you have my hairs counted. I trust you know who I am. I trust you're here with me. I trust you can help me get through this day or this difficulty or whatever it might be. I trust in you, Jesus. I believe you're good, even though there's some bad things coming down. Uh, I still trust in God's goodness, even though maybe I encountered this evil. Uh, I still trust that you care about us, even though we're messing things up here. It's like this trust factor becomes so important. And the name of Jesus is 
an expression of God's fidelity. And I think Christmas is a great time to be reminded of that. I mean, he comes into a, a, a world that is darkened by death in order to defeat it and bring us to life again. And, and he's, he's, very, he's very committed to that as not giving up. I mean, you know, if you want to measure the, of the determination of Christ to save us, just remember everything he went through on Calvary to save us. You know, that's tremendous amount of effort that he put in to getting up Calvary. And we would say, well, why would you do that? That's crazy. Well, because love, that's what love does. Uh, it, it tremendous uh, to the last drop of blood in his body to save us. That's what he did it for is to save us. Yeah. Just encouraging our listeners to continue to deepen in your devotion to the holy name of Jesus. And January 3rd should not be the only day we honor the name of Jesus, but every day. So please mm -hmm. uh, take that as your new year's resolution. And with that, Father Dan, uh, would you please help us close this time in prayer and your blessing? Sure. Dear Lord, we thank you for giving us the name that is above every other name in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth. And we pray for a deeper faith and confidence in the name of Jesus, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed day and a blessed new year. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Dean and Marie.